What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. Before we start the show, we appreciate you all so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe or follow button wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Also, be sure to give us a five-star rating and review the show on whatever platform you are listening to us through. That really helps out as well. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on all social media platforms and follow us as well at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, we'll celebrate this being the 200th episode of the TSK Show and go back through memory lane on some of our favorite games and events we've covered on the show. And of course, we'll discuss the Clippers advancing to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in franchise history, and we'll preview the Eastern Conference Finals between the Milwaukee Bucks and Atlanta Hawks. All this and more on episode 200 of the Sports Kingdom show coming up right now. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 200 of the Sports Kingdom show. I'm your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Joining me as always, my A1 since day one, Shelton's very own Tyler Pacholke. What's up, TP? How are you, man? Hell yeah, man. 200. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Listen. That's a lot. That is a lot. 200. Not too many out there. There's quite a few out there, but hey, we're one of them now. Yeah, we're one of them. And that's uh, yeah, a hell of an accomplishment. Listen, we, we're doing uh, it the right way. Oh, we have done it the right way tonight, Tyler. We uh, we went downstairs, uh, little known gem downstairs uh, at the bottom uh, floor of the office building that the radio station that we record in uh at the downstairs ground floor, there's a Morton Steakhouse. So uh, Tyler and I celebrated by by going to Morton's and having dinner before we recorded tonight. So uh, it's it's a celebration tonight. We're uh, we're gonna go through some of our favorite moments on the show as we go down memory lane later on in the show. But we got a lot to talk about Tyler in the NBA playoffs. They have been quite the show, I would say, and I think a lot of people were expecting disappointment with uh the lack of star power some would say that is missing from from the playoffs but i think they've definitely lived up to the hype and there have been a lot of fun games so we got a lot to talk about tonight with that and like i said we'll go down memory lane later but before we talk about everything going on in the nba playoffs i gotta let you know that this episode of the sports kingdom show is sponsored by jay diamond estates For all of your real estate needs here in the Los Angeles area, contact Jacob Diamond at 818-451-8539, or you can check out his website, jdiamondestates.com, DRE number 02068311. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Three seconds at midfield. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Did I miss anything while I was gone? Kobe Bryant 
burning. Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. It's only fitting, Tyler, that we start in the Western Conference as we are in Los Angeles, and the Clippers have advanced to their first Western Conference Finals appearance yeah. in, in franchise history. And we'll, we'll get to their opponent, the Phoenix Suns, and, and what's going on with their, their series in a second. But uh, let's, let's talk about first how the Clippers got to the Western Conference Finals. We last recorded on Wednesday of last week, and that was in the middle of Game 5 of Jazz Clippers. And I believe the Jazz were up 65-60, to 60, if memory serves me correctly, at halftime of that game while we were were recording. The Clippers did end up winning that game behind 37 points from Paul George in the first game without Kawhi Leonard after the apparent ACL injury. There's still no news on that. We still don't know when Kawhi is going to return. If he is going to return, he has been ruled out for game two of the Western Conference Finals. But Paul George did everything he was supposed to do in game five, put up a huge... 37-point performance. Marcus Morris and Reggie Jackson were huge in Game 5 as well, and then the Clippers were able to close it out in Game 6 at home and, like I said, advance to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in franchise history. But Game 6, Tyler, will forever be known as the Terrence Mann game. Yep, yep, Terrence Mann. He put up 39 points on 15 of 21 shooting. He only missed six shots the whole game. He's and got a great story. Unbelievable story. I don't I don't know if people saw it. He got an invite to the NBA draft combine when he was basically at the check-in gate at the airport and his phone was on 1% and miraculously his phone lasted the <laughs> the entirety of the phone call on 1% and he got Very dramatic, very Hollywood. Yes, but hey, he got to the draft combine and and here he is making history for the Clippers in the playoffs in his rookie season. Um, like I said, he put up 39 points. Paul George in game six had 28 of his own. Reggie Jackson had 27. He's been huge for the Clippers in these playoffs. And then Pat Beverly, who took a backseat in the first round, but I think really played a big role for them in the Utah series, had 12 points and three or four shooting off the bench from three. But really his defense and peskiness, I think, even though Donovan Mitchell was able to score as much as he did, but I think Patrick Beverly still made an impact on that series with the way he played. And re realistically, Ty Lue's adjustments in the Jazz series to attack Rudy Gobert and exploit him on the defensive end on the perimeter was huge in the Clippers advancing. I mean, Rudy Gobert looked basically unplayable in that series once the Clippers went small. Yeah. A uh, couple things. Clippers, you know, got to give them their praise, baby. Yes. Got I was going to, I was, I was waiting a little bit. But... Yep. Got to get that monkey off their back. Yes. Paul George, he kind of made some progress in his kind of uh, shame, his shame. Um, and then as far as the Jazz go, uh, you know, they're a really good team. I still feel like they're just a piece away when your second best player is a defensive player. Yeah, I mean, um, they played really well. And like you said, Pat Bev did a good job. Donovan Mitchell was still able to do his thing because he's like a superstar. 
Um, and they have they have like a good basketball team. Like all the, you know, all the boxes are checked, everything you need. But it just still feels like they're not a real threat to kill you. And this Clippers team, though, I got to give the credit to Ty Lue. Oh, he's been unbelievable this playoffs with the adjustments he's made in both the the first and second round. Yeah, so it's like, you know, the Utah is still is still a very good team. So for the Clippers to beat this team and close them out without their best player, uh, super impressive. Because yeah. this is not the best Clippers team ever. No, especially without Kawhi. And listen, Donovan Mitchell, he had a subpar performance in Game 5, but he's been playing on a bum ankle, and he was questionable going into Game 6. And in Game 6, he puts up 39 points, and the Utah Jazz also had Mike Connolly return for the first time in the series. But realistically it was to no avail yeah but at the end of the day credit to the clippers they were the better team in this series quinn snyder didn't make the adjustments to combat what ty Lue had made the adjustments for with the clippers it it was realistically the clippers they, series yeah. they just don't feel like they got a like they're like they're scary you know i just the jazz no they're not scary at all no one's scared of them donovan mitchell is a very scary you know, Free threat. Donovan Mitchell, get him out of Utah. He's a great player. He can he can do it, but he can't win a championship by himself, and you can't win a championship with your second best player being a defensive player. So I think there's still a piece away. I, I'm not necessarily sure what that piece is, but um, shout out the Clips, man, for finally getting it done. Yeah, no, I mean, listen, I and I don't think Kawhi's coming back. At I, all. I don't think even he if is they either. make the finals, I don't think he's coming back. I think he's hurt, hurt. Yeah, and listen, I mean, at the end of the day, I have to give a lot of credit to the Clippers and Paul George for sure. He's done his part stepping up. And he had a lot of pressure. I mean, the NBA was ready to write him off. A lot of people in the NBA were, and outside of the NBA, were ready to write him off. But the Clippers have done exactly what they've needed to do. They showed they were better than the number one team all year. The Jazz were the best team all year, and they outplayed them for the entire series. I know it went seven games, but that's – or six games, excuse me, but that's because Utah was a good team. And Yeah, this – I mean, Utah's a team that's going to win 50-plus games. Yeah, and, I mean, at the end of the day, I have to say this, like, I'm – and I said it on Twitter, I'm – only happy for one person in this scenario with the Clippers moving on to the Western Conference Finals for the first time in in franchise history, and that is Adam Osland. He he's been on the show. He's the host of the FNA podcast. Oh, yeah. He's the pre half and post game host for the Clippers on AM five seventy LA Sports here in LA. He does a phenomenal job with what he does for the Clippers and the FNA show and so that was the only person I was happy for with game six going the way it did. It's a, it's a unique franchise. You know what I mean? You got to commend uh, the fan base. Sure. Been through a lot. I'm happy for Adam. Been through a lot. It's it. You deserve it. You deserve the moment. The, the Clippers, they deserve it's, to be. It, it sucks that they don't have their best player. Listen. Of course. That's like the most Clipper way to do it. But. At the end of the day, that's the way the cookie crumbles, and the no, Clippers are in the Western no, Conference not, Finals, and there's a yeah, reason for no, it. No, it's not an excuse, and if anything, they're there. Who cares? Yeah. They did and, it. 
And speaking of the, speaking of them being there, they had to take on the Phoenix Suns yesterday on Father's Day at 12:30. I think it was yeah. pretty interesting scheduling wise to have the Clippers have only a day off in between game one and game six, Tough. but it's Tough. it's just the cards they were dealt. The Suns, but they, also like you know, it's rare that you get a sweep in a seven game. Match right, up. and listen, the so, Suns deservedly got the rest what, that they they earned by sweeping yeah, the Nuggets. Yeah, like who knows how it would normally be. Right, and so the Suns now lead the Clippers one to no, one to nothing in the Western Conference Finals after a a one twenty one fourteen victory in Phoenix. This game, Tyler, was one of the most fun basketball games I think I've watched in recent memory at least this season for sure it was back and forth the whole game there were at least 20 lead changes in the game so it was really anybody's game the whole game both teams combined for a total of 16 turnovers so there was some really high level basketball being played out there and Paul George he led the way for the Clippers in game one with 34 points like we have been saying tonight he has been doing what he's been doing in Kawhi or doing what he's been supposed to be doing yep. in Kawhi Leonard's absence. And I'm I'm yep. very happy to see that. Yep. Um, him and Devin Booker, they were going back and forth in the third quarter when Booker scored 18 points of his 40 points and Paul George had 17. But in the fourth quarter, I think Paul George and realistically the Clippers as a team, they ran out of gas. Like I said, they had to only one day off compared to the Suns basically having a week off. But it goes to what... Yep. the Suns get for sweeping the Nuggets and the Clippers going to six games with the Jazz. But Paul George, he ended up going 0 for 5 in the fourth quarter and the Suns were able to pull away and take game one in Phoenix. But, I mean, credit where credit is due to Paul George. I know we, we've talked about it a little bit already. I know I've made plenty of fun of him in the past, but Paul George, like, the way he's looked in game five, game six, and game one, he looks like the Paul George I remember before the injury in the USA Team USA exhibition game where he broke his leg. Yeah, he's a real talent. He's a top 15 player. Um, and that's, a, you know, that's why this series is interesting because without Chris Paul, it really is, you know, the last handful of years, most people might even take Paul George over Devin Booker. Yeah, like Devin Devin has made the 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 leap this year, and people have seen him. But Paul George is that dude too. I mean, he's a very capable player. He's a superstar. Um, this is probably going to be a better series than people realize. Oh, I think this series think is Kawhi, going at least six or seven. Even if Kawhi and Chris Paul were playing, I think, or I shouldn't say it that way. If Chris Paul and Kawhi were playing, I think the Clippers easy. But without the without Kawhi, I don't see how the Clippers can win. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. And I mean, listen, in Game One, it was I mean Reggie Jackson. He continues to play impactful basketball for the Clippers in the postseason. We saw Rajon Rondo and a Boogie Cousins sighting in Game One. Terrence Mann, he only had nine points, but he was three for three from three, so that was encouraging to see that he was still yeah. shooting well. But Really, I mean, the story of game one, aside from the the back-and-forth battle with Paul George and Devin Booker, and really it goes into that battle, the story of game one 
was Devin Booker put up 40 yeah. points, 13 rebounds, and 10 assists for his first triple-double first of his career yeah. on 15 Crazy. of 29 shooting. And what better timing to have your first triple-double of your career than in game one of the Western Conference Finals, and it's your first playoff appearance ever in your career. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you were a basketball <laughs> fan, you knew who this kid was. You know, uh, but he's no, you knew on it was only he's, a matter of time. He he's played on bad teams, but the world's kind of getting to see what he's capable of, and he's a hooper, man. This kid is, he's a killer. Just like he's got that same thing as as Lillard and Durant and all, you know, all those guys, all those great closers in the league today. He's right there. Um, he and it put, looks like he's going to lead his team to an NBA Finals in his first playoff appearance, which the first playoff appearance is a little overdue, but he's handling it the right way. He's showing up. I mean, he put on a display from the mid-range that was almost unparalleled, and really, as well, you saw it because he got a triple-double. He was making all the right passes to find his teammates for open threes, or he had DeAndre Ayton cutting to the basket for a dunk almost every time. A triple-double just kind of shows me that he understands the moment you know, he kind of took advantage. And you saw him run point guard a little bit for the Suns he, because he, he had to because Chris Paul's been out. He knew that, you know, if we want a chance to do this thing, we got a shot. LeBron's down, Ant's down, Durant's down, Harden's down, Kyrie's down, Steph Curry's down. You know, it's anybody's championship. And it so, really is. Uh, it, it's a toss-up for sure. I think it shows where his head's at, and it's encouraging. Yeah, and I mean. Suns in four. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be four, Tyler. It, it might not be, but Suns and four might be my favorite slogan in, in recent years. Yeah, it's it's definitely a good one. Legendary. Just legendary. I mean, it's it's just great. It's a great story. But for Phoenix, I mean, like I was saying, with DeAndre Ayton playing the way he's been playing this postseason, he had 20 points, nine rebounds in game one. He's really, I think, taken the leap or I don't even want to say taking the leap, but he's living up to the expectations of a number one overall pick. and with the way he's been performing, it's been the perfect pairing alongside Devin Booker and Chris Paul when he's been out there in these playoffs. You had campaign who also did a great job facilitating with nine assists and 11 points to add as well. Torrey Craig, Mikhail Bridges and Jay Crowder. They combined for seven of 15 from three and Cam Johnson added 12 points off the bench as well. So you got the role players doing what they're supposed to do for Phoenix, which, you know, those are the kind of things where, you know, when we go to L.A., we'll see if that happens. Right, and we never know what happens. Devin Booker can throw up a triple-double, but if your role players aren't doing that kind of stuff, you may struggle. Right, and and the saying goes, we, we don't know what happens until a team wins on the road, and so we'll see if the Clippers can steal game two in Phoenix, but I think we're not going to know anything about this series until it goes to L.A. Yeah. Absolutely. And Marcus Morris hurt hurt his knee in game one. We don't know what his status is going to be for game two. We know Kawhi Leonard is out. We know Chris Paul is going to be out for game two. It's Chris Paul is probably going to make a return late in the series, which I think so as well. So we could talk about it differently. But, you know, even if the Clippers are down to nothing, I I do believe they got a chance to win game three, game four at home. So. It's going to be a fun series to watch. Interesting. Didn't 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 see this coming. I mean, didn't see Clippers Suns Western Conference Finals. Nobody did. 
nobody did. Which is good, you know. Uh, what? Here's the interesting stat. Uh, since the NBA-ABA merger in 76, I believe, 76-77, um, neither one of these franchises, the four franchises left, has won a championship. Yeah. Insane. So. Insane. You know, and, and like we were we saying, wanted, we we wanted disparity for years. Everybody was we sick of the the Warriors Cavs for four years in a row. We had we had the uh, we had Steph Curry five years in a row. We had LeBron eight nine out of ten. Um, this is good. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be great to see a, a, a superstar get their ring. Before the game, the Suns were awarded with the Executive of the Year, going to James Jones. Uh, so I thought that was that was pretty cool. I think well it was deserved, well deserved. And yeah, he's kind, of a, he's kind of a trailblazer now. He's shown that, you know, you can give it to a young guy, we can get a lot of success early. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he was playing four years ago. Was it only four years ago? Yep. He was playing. Um, yeah, because he was on the last Cavs team LeBron was on. Yep. Not that long ago. LeBron's only been on the Lakers three years. Yeah, yep. <laughs> Unreal. Yeah, I think that he only, he honestly may have gone straight from the league to this position. No, he did. Yeah. So I mean, he did. Everyone special, said LeBron got him the job. Special did. I mean, really, trailblazer, not a fake. Well, what really, happened was really he got the job, and he got the job, and then traded Channing Fry to the Lakers in LeBron's first year. Classic. <laughs> So all right, before before going to the Eastern Conference, uh two quick things. Tyler, what happens in Utah? Gobert was clearly singled out by the Clippers in that series. Quinn Snyder also didn't make the adjustments needed to get Gobert out of the situations where the Clippers were hunting him. Gobert and Mitchell, they're locked in under contract until 2026. Quinn Snyder till 2023. They had the number one overall record in the league this year. They were no doubt the best team in the regular season, but they've been exposed in the playoffs the last couple of years, I think. Yeah, they're they're I kind of spoke about it earlier, but I feel like they're a little capped out. Um they've kind of done what they can do with the talent they have. They've got a killer on offense, which is good. Um, but they don't have a number two. And they got maybe a couple guys that could be a number three. Uh, and then their second best player is a defensive guy that is a liability at the free throw line. So, well, he's a liability on the perimeter as well on defense. It, yeah, it's okay. Yeah, so so Gobert is an excellent player, but he's got some. I some mean, people people were calling to. He can't move. I mean, he's a big dude. This is the Stifle Tower. People were calling for him to give back his defensive player of the years. I mean, it's it, that's a little harsh. I I think it was kind of deserved. The way he played. Yeah, that's a little harsh. It's tough to be a, a a defensive player in the NBA. Okay, but realistically, Tyler, do you think at the end of his career and when all things are said and done, putting him in the same conversation as Dwight Howard, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Ben Wallace is warranted? Um, I don't know. It's close. I'm not there yet. But I he's got three defensive player of the year, so he's got to be. I've always said to Kemba Mutombo, I feel like that's a good comparison offensively, defensively, impact-wise. Iverson couldn't do it with him as a number two, the second-best player. Um, 
it just is what it is. I mean, he's a great player, but can you win with him as your second best player? You may need to be your third, fourth best player. Um, so the Jazz, I feel like they're a little capped out right now. They gotta, they need to make a significant change. Yeah, and then also we significant didn't... addition. Well, it could be an addition by subtraction, which yeah, very possible. You can get a lot for Gobert. But do, is is Gobert who they trade, or do they they try and give it a go one more time with Mitchell and Gobert? Because there have been the talks they, about him uh, I feel them like not they, getting along. I feel like you have to, coming off of uh, the season they had, being number one seed, I feel like you got to give it another year and try to keep building on that roster. Bogdanovich was a good addition. Clarkson emerged nicely. Getting Derek Favors back was nice. Um, they have Ingles, the, Ingles, Ingles he's taking a step back because he's getting older, but uh, Royce O'Neal has kind of, he's like, but a, he's not as good of an offensive threat as Ingles is, but he's much better on defense. So it's kind of like, you know, in that way, in that regard, they've kind of swapped as one emerges and the other one falls. You're getting different players, but the talent level, it's like, these are role players we're talking about. Um, yeah. They need somebody. They need another player. So, the you 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 don't you you can't rely on Bogdanovich and Clarkson to be like. To me, just Mitchell as a star doesn't belong in Utah. He needs to get out of there. Well, yeah, which is why Utah's got to hang on to him for all dear life. <laughs> but also, all right. But before we move to the Eastern Conference, we we didn't talk about Nikola Jokic and the the flagrant two he was given in Game Four of the series against the Suns. He swiped down, caught campaign in the face. I just thought it was unfortunate that the refs took the game in their hands that that way, basically, and threw the MVP out in an, in an elimination game. And to me, that's why there's a flagrant one and a flagrant two. Like, it was clear he was frustrated about the non-call, the play before. So the foul was clearly out of frustration. So I, I think a flagrant one was was clearly warranted. But it really didn't matter because the Suns were going to win that series anyway. It just was unfortunate the way an MVP got thrown out of an elimination game. Yeah, I mean, it was frustration for sure. Um, it's tough. It's tough to judge, you know, because should MVP have something to do with it? Was it If it was a different player, yeah. would, would you judge it differently um, because it was – I mean, it was malicious. It was a hack, you know. It was a. Um, it is it a basketball play? Yeah, shit happens all the time. You know what I mean? Like, he was fouling him on purpose. That's that's what it was. Yeah. Um. So I I don't necessarily agree with throwing out an MVP, but does it really matter that it was an MVP? I don't know. No, it doesn't matter that it was an MVP. It was a player on the court, and so a ref can call I a foul. Think, I think in today's rules, flagrant one would have been the better way. For, for sure. sure. Yeah. For and sure. realistically, I think 30 plus years ago, that's a common foul. But, you know, you get you get a different type of player doing that. Do you talk about how it's like, oh, well, this was malicious and violent. Yeah. But all right. Since since we last recorded in the Eastern Conference. Well, all right. Sorry, I forgot. We didn't give our predictions for Clippers sons. The Clippers the Clippers are down. Oh, one. I think it goes six or seven, but I, I do have the Suns winning. Not Suns in four? Not Suns in four. Nah, I'm going to go. I'll go with Suns in six. I'm going to go Suns in seven. 
I think it goes seven. Yeah, Suns and I'll, I'll go with Suns and six. Purely because I think Kawhi's not coming back. Chris Paul is. Yeah. All right. I'll give you that. All right. Eastern Conference. Since we last recorded, the Hawks and Bucks have moved on to the Eastern Conference Finals after both of their series went seven games. So both series in the second round of the Eastern Conference playoffs went the distance. After losing game five at home, the 76ers were able to steal game six on the road to force a game seven behind a six of nine uh, three-point performance from Seth Curry, who had a total of 24 points. Tyrese Maxey added 16 off the bench. Embiid had 22 and 13, and Tobias Harris added 24 as well in game six. Trey Young had 34 points for the Hawks, but yesterday, Tyler, on Father's Day in game seven, he only had 21 points, most of which came from the free throw line. He was 9 of 11 from the line. He shot an abysmal 5 of 23 from the field, 2 of 11 from three, but had 10 assists. Kevin Huerter was the hero for the Hawks in game seven with 27 points, and he shot 10 of 18 impressively from the field, 2 of 4 from three. The Hawks, we picked them before the series started when we thought Joel Embiid was going to be a lot more injured than we were expecting him to be. Well, maybe not that we were expecting him to be, but yeah, his he was play, hurt. his he, he outplayed his injury for, for sure. sure. Yeah, definitely. But we we had the Hawks winning anyway. So we'll we'll talk about the Hawks when we talk about the Bucks. I want to talk about the 76ers real quick because that was the I think the biggest story of the series and really the biggest story of the demise of the 76ers this year was the lack of scoring contributions and lack of scoring aggression from Ben Simmons, who only averaged basically six and a half shot attempts, six and a half shot attempts a game and shot 33% from the feet from the free throw line. 10 points. 9.9. Yeah. That's crazy. That's just crazy. Right. Six and a half shots per game. 33% 33% He's from broken. the line. He's broken. I think it's the talk of sports right Wait, now. Listen to this, Tyler. It's, it's it's the talk of the town. He took three total fourth quarter shots in the entire series. Zero total fourth quarter shots in games four through seven. And Joel Embiid basically said it without saying it, but the play where Simmons gave up the wide open dunk was the turning point in game seven where the Hawks were able to take control in the fourth quarter and – Doc Rivers said it himself, even though he tried to do some damage control earlier today on Monday. But after the game, Doc Rivers said he wasn't sure if Ben Simmons could be the point guard for a championship-level team. It's a tough question. I don't think he can. He can. Um, I think, you know, he has the ability. That's why this is so crazy. Everybody knows what this dude's capable of. It's crazy. It's, It's mental to me. Um, I don't know if hours in the gym can fix this because in my mind, he's had to have put hours in the gym. There's footage on the internet of him making three pointers and jump shots in the summer. Like with consistency. Yeah. Video is tough. It's just, I feel like the hours he's a professional basketball player. This has to be in his head. This is scared. This is unconfident. This is 
something I've never seen before. This is like one of the craziest attributes I've ever seen a, a superstar have. He is a guy that has, he damn near has Giannis's body. People he, said he was like supposed taller. to be the next LeBron. He's 6'10". That's what I mean. He's taller than LeBron, and he's got, like, the same build. This dude is a point guard, and he's built like a fucking center. And he's a great defensive player. He's a great ball handler. He's a great facilitator. But but the the shooting and scoring thing and the clutch thing and whatever's going on, I feel like it is, you know, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. I don't want to act <laughs> like I do, but I feel like he needs to see somebody about his mentals. I mean, I've said it for years. I think he just needs to start shooting with his right hand. Not not taking not taking the shot is so much worse than missing it, you know, as a superstar. You have to take the shots. And as far as the wrong hand, it's too late for that. I feel like they should have done that as a rookie. He is shooting with yeah, the wrong no, hand. Yeah, no, that's what I think. But I think it's too late spent, for that as well. If you spent four years shooting with your left hand, you'd be shooting a better free throw percentage than he is. You would think. I'm just saying you personally. I oh, think me that personally. If you spent four <laughs> oh, years. I thought you were making a general statement. No, no I think if you personally sh- shot free throws with your left hand for four years, you'd be able to shoot a better percentage than he is because it's mental. It's not. He's not. It's, it's, but it's, it's not almost, even the, no, it, Tyler, I feel like it's impossible for a professional Tyler, basketball past, player to do this. We're past bad. the free throws, though. He's not even taking the shots in the game when but, it's like in the flow yeah, of the that, game. That's one problem. But the free throws, I think, are the root of the issue where it's like you can't play him at the end. Yeah, his shot attempts need to go up, but it's more like, dude, teams can't, like, the Sixers lost this series in game five when they started hack a bench. Yeah, and he couldn't hit free throws. Um, the well, three, the three point thing is one thing that's weird in itself. The 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 shot attempts is weird. You know, like you got to have more shot attempts. You got to shoot threes. Well, I think at a certain point, but the point, free throw, like if you shoot, if you can step up and shoot sixty five, seventy percent, none of this, none of this happens, and we're not even talking about you. But I think at a certain point, like you said, you thought the turning point was game five when the Hackabend started. I think at a certain point, you got to start looking at Doc Rivers and say, why are you still putting him out there? I understand he brings great, like, I just can't jump on that wagon, which is why I think that it's like he's he has the ability. Uh, He's a great basketball player, and there's no way that you can convince me that not playing him is a better strategy. But late in the game, when when it's fouls and and it's one position, two position ball game, you can't play him. No. But that doesn't mean he's not valuable. He's not a player that you can play. No, I understand he... he brings value to a basketball team. But you can't but be a superstar. You can't be the highest paid player on the team and not be able to play in the end of the game. Right, exactly. That's but, the problem. But, but if that's Doc not were Doc to, Rivers. But if Doc were to bench him, ben wouldn't Sim- that maybe Ben Simmons' ability force Doc Rivers' hand? He's probably pissed to have Ben Simmons. Well, you heard what he said after the game. Exactly. So I don't think it's on Doc. Well, I think ultimately Ben and Doc both got to go. Doc now has the most game seven. You cannot seven. make Ben Simmons dunk that ball. You know what I mean? Like, he should have dunked it. There's nothing Doc Rivers could have done. There's nothing, you know. 
he doesn't put him out there, and maybe that clicks something in his mental. Ah, that's probably not the right way. I don't think a negative approach is probably good. Doc now has the most Game 7 losses for a coach in NBA history with five, so, I mean, what does that tell you? It tells me he goes to a lot of – wins a lot of playoff games. Goes not to a lot of playoff series. Not if he's, he's never making – He's been in the playoffs. He's, Not if he's, he's never making of, it out of the second round without Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce on his team. Everybody makes it out of the second round with somebody. You don't make it out of the second round with a bunch of fucking Joe Blows. He's been blowing 3-1 leads since he was with T-Mac, Tyler. Hey, that's, that, that may be fair. Maybe he does. But Doc Rivers is a great basketball coach. He gets it done. He, uh, he he win he wins basketball games and he gives your team a good chance to win. I don't think I don't agree any, with that. I don't think there's anything that Doc Rivers could have done to listen. Ben Simmons and Embiid have been weird since the start. And if you believe in basketball gods, Whoa. you want to believe in basketball gods, you're not winning a championship with a team that tanked. Well, okay, that's that was where I wanted that's to not go Doc next. Doc Rivers, though, that's where I wanted to go next. What I was gonna say was. Even though I think Doc Rivers should go and isn't a good coach, I don't think the 76ers will let him go. Yeah. But I yeah. do think the process is over. And like you said, it's Ben Simmons, be. Ben Simmons and Embiid have been weird with their careers from the start with injuries. And I'm not blaming Embiid. No, because he's at certified. All. He's a talent. He can't he's a center. He can't get the ball to himself. And I'm not blaming him at all for the loss in this series because of the way he played on one leg, yeah. but I think his durability and health needs to be called into question when we have guys out there calling Anthony Davis street clothes when he just put up a historic stat line in a finals run last year. Okay, well, Anthony Davis was in street clothes, and Embiid was in a uniform. He gave it a go. Anthony Davis go. tried to give it a go, but he hurt himself again and when he tried to give it a go. No, he tried his sure. best. And, and that's that's just that's just like you said earlier, that's how the cookie crumbles. There's nothing you can do about right. that stuff. But I think Embiid, I think, has been reliable. He's been the the last handful he hasn't played, of years. He hasn't played a full season at all during his career. That's that's one Kawhi don't play full years. I that's, mean, neither has Anthony Davis, but that, that's one thing, you know. You can you can knock him for that, but the last five years he's been healthy in general. He plays the majority of the regular season games, and he's played in the playoffs plenty of times. He's had plenty of chances to win in the playoffs. He's never made it out of the second round. He's young. He's the right. I think Perhaps. him. I think he's the right one to build around. That's your guy, and B can do it. Listen, Tyler. It's not Embiid's fault. It's not Embiid's fault, it's but I want to go back way more on Ben Simmons than yes. than Doc or Embiid. But I want to I want to take it back to the conversation of is the process over? And I I saw this very interesting stat from StatMuse. It said since the process started in 2013-2014, Boston's been to the playoffs seven times in three Eastern Conference Finals. Toronto seven times in two Eastern Conference Finals. Milwaukee, six playoffs, two Eastern Conference Finals. Indiana, six playoffs, one Eastern Conference Finals. Miami, five playoffs, two Eastern Conference Finals. Atlanta, five playoffs, two Eastern Conference Finals. Washington, five playoffs. Brooklyn, five playoffs. Philadelphia, four playoffs, zero Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, which, yeah, you, you can say that. I, I, 
I know what the Sixers have done since the process, but it's not in Beat's fault. No, I don't I don't think it is, but I think he's like really the only one I feel like that is like of all that process, he's like the valuable one. Well, and I think that's been clear. You you pair him with someone that's got half half the ability to hit a jump shot. He's probably in the Eastern Conference Finals. And listen, I I don't want to make this about Joel Embiid because we we said I don't think he was the issue, especially in this series. I just I don't think the process has worked at all. It it's hasn't. time to try something and it else. It hasn't, and it shouldn't. You shouldn't be able to win like that. No, you shouldn't reward tanking. And the basketball gods have not. <laughs> but all right, let's Eastern Conference Finals. The Hawks, they move on to face the Milwaukee Bucks, who were able to outlast the Brooklyn Nets in seven games. The Bucks, they were the first team to win on the road in that series against the Nets, winning game seven in Brooklyn. Before we get to the Bucks, though, what a week of basketball we got to see from Kevin Durant. And I know a lot of people have a lot of opinions about Kevin Durant, but me personally, I'm a huge fan of him as a person and a basketball player because I think he's the same person as he is on the court, as he is off the court. And I just think it's a privilege for basketball fans to get to see him play at the level he played at over the last week after suffering such a devastating Achilles injury that is mostly known for ending athletes' careers. And so it's it's just really, I think, commendable and... It's just a shame that if his shoe was just a half size smaller, they wouldn't have even gone to overtime. Yeah, I mean, in the playground, he won the game, you know. Uh, <laughs> KD, man, shout out KD. Unbelievable. Some of the best basketball I've ever seen played in the last three games. Um, he did everything he could. Uh, the fact that he played all 53 minutes of that overtime game. That shot. You know, to send it to overtime that could have won it was unbelievable. I mean, he could have done nothing after that. Um, and then we talked about it because we watched it. You can't enough, man. He showed, I think, for the first time in my life, in the first time in his career, I think it was truly a fact that he was better than LeBron for a moment. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I, I do believe that LeBron's been the best player on planet earth since kd was drafted and that's unfortunate for kd because in a lot of eras in a lot of years he probably would have got some sort of time period where he was number one because he's that good but i don't know if i ever really truly thought kd was better than lebron at a given time until these like last three days where it's like i don't know i don't know if anyone can do what he's doing right now this is this guy's automatic. He's unstoppable. And it was just Looks so, like Will Chamberlain out there. <laughs> and it was just so unfortunate because, I mean, we were watching the fourth quarter of that game together, and you said it as soon as he took the shot that lost them the game, you were like, that's not a Kevin Durant shot. Yeah, and that's the same shot that he took to tie it up. Uh, almost does, a, almost basically the same spot but that doesn't really change the fact that that's not his shot um the turnaround that's, a, that's unfortunate that it went down like that i would much rather him size him up size up dribble and and kind of just 
shoot yeah. over him like he does everybody else. Shoot over him and he fade. I think the turn, the pivot, and the fadeaway, kind of the Kobe Jordan. That's Kobe and Jordan shot. That's what that was. That's that's what they did. Um, it's tough to see KD go down like that because it's not a shot. Yeah, he's not a he's not a put his back to you, pivot and fade away. He can do it, you know. Yeah, but that's not his his shot. You know what I mean? I wish he would have went out on a different. I mean, over. you kept hoping basically all of overtime. Say- you wanted that spot on the wing where he's hit those two big shots. Yeah. In the finals, bottom of the screen, just dribble up and and nail it. Yeah. I mean, that's really what I thought was coming. That's why I, I'm probably a little disappointed, but <laughs> I can't knock Kitty, man. He 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 played unreal basketball, some of the best basketball I've ever seen. Yeah, and listen, I mean, Harden did the best he could on one leg, basically. Harden did great, man. Harden deserves a lot of praise because I think he gets judged, yeah, pretty harshly, and I think he showed a lot of grit. He he's got to be playing at like 40 50%. Yeah, I mean, he, he did as really, much he did as much as he could, but it was clear he was limited by the injury once he returned to the lineup and he had every right to be in street clothes. Yeah. You know, um he went out there as honestly as a liability. He caught a lot of flack this year and and he he definitely went up a bit in my book by going out there and and trying to to do everything he could once Kyrie went down and, his, and he saw how dire it was for the Nets. His post game too, uh, I felt it. I felt his frustration. He just kept saying the word frustration, frustrated. He's frustrated, and uh, I felt it, man. When you're an elite athlete like that and you're so close to winning titles and I haven't gotten done yet, it's like, man, to get that title just feels so good to just you know solidify everything yeah it's tough to get that close and not get it done yeah now like and i be said good enough to win yeah now like i said the bucks they won the first game on the road in the series for any team their first three wins that they had they were able to hold the nets to under 100 points and they gave up only 111 111 in game seven that and that game went to overtime so it really i mean was a low scoring game even for an overtime game in today's nba Giannis, even for all the criticism he received in the series he ended up having a huge impact in game 6 and 7 30 and 17 on 60% shooting in game 6 and 40 and 13 in game 7 on 62.5% shooting chris middleton really stepped up in game 6 and 7 drew holiday who has had a pretty up and down playoffs also had some very timely buckets in, down the stretch in Game 7. Obviously, the series would have been very different in many aspects if the Nets were fully healthy, but that's just the way it goes, like we've been saying with injuries so far tonight and with, with the playoffs in general. And so the Bucks move on. I mean, I w- when Brooke Lopez threw the ball away, yeah. I thought that was... Like Ball Mike Budenholzer's yeah. like job yeah. was done because of that play alone. But then they they win the game in overtime, and I, I didn't think they were gonna win. I really no, didn't. I didn't either. I really didn't. Um, the fuck, they're probably gonna hang a banner this year. I think that I think it's honestly theirs to lose. I know we said it's a toss up earlier, but I think it's honestly the Bucks championship to lose I think with the way the that they, man, and I I kind of. 
a couple of years ago, Giannis's first MVP season, I was on this whole like this is his Georgia '88. Like I remember, this is it. Like he's showing you like, yo, I'm here. This is this is the future. And for two years later, like he hasn't done it yet. You know, I'm not I'm not trying to. No, we're not him crowning yet. him yet. He crowned himself too early when he played LeBron but a couple of years ago. If he can get this, if he can hang this banner, he's on. He's on that. He's on that path. Well, and like he's I, on that that rare air, Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, Kobe, Shaq. Not even Shaq, honestly. Really, like Kobe. Shaq was a little older, and and. And uh, he's 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 he could do some crazy shit in his career if they win one this year. Well, and and we've been talking about the Bucks as a, as a team this year, saying how different they are as a team. And I think one of the biggest the biggest reasons why they beat the Nets, and it was I think one of the reasons why I thought the Nets weren't going to win a championship this year was the fact that the Bucks were able to hold them under 100 points for three games in this series. And you had always talked about how the Nets were just going to outscore people. And I was like, I was just saying, just wait till they run into someone who can stop them. I'll I'll arrive at that statement, though. (laughs) You get Kyrie out there. No, I mean, I know it's a different series if Kyrie's healthy. When I said it, when I said it, they could. They could do it. But (laughs) I've I've also been critical of how the Bucks you know spent their money and i thought you know listen it almost drew cost Ho- them drew holiday and, and chris middleton are both kind of number threes your face when i said both of those names when i was going through it you were you were were ready to pop in there like oh they definitely needed to step up in those games they do they do man it's it's they're playing with a special talent you know a rare generational guy and uh i really didn't think that this team could do it because of their lack of firepower, but I also always said that they invested in versatility on defense, and it's it won them game seven, and it know, won them that series against the Nets without a doubt. Defensive defense has won championships for a long time. That's the saying, and uh, it's theirs to lose. So what? What are you looking? No one, no one can play. No, there, there's not a man left in the playoffs that's gotten anything for Giannis what are you looking forward to though in Hawks Bucks I'm looking forward to the Hawks because it's all gravy you know yeah, they saying? got nothing like, to lose they got nothing to lose man go balls the wall win some games you know really make the make this Bucks team earn it I think they have a chance to make you it a competitive no, you got, series you don't owe nobody shit you know Nate McMillan is they're still labeling him as the interim they coach. need to take that interim tag off he was 11th place he's he he's playing in the conference finals oh god i love this hawks team you know <laughs> i'm just so happy happy for all these guys they all deserve it trey young big fan Nate mcmillan um mr supersonic you know uh i just I, i'm looking forward to this hawks team having some good moments i i think that the bucks are gonna win yeah probably bucks and five in scenario but uh I'm excited to watch this Hawks team play. It's a great opportunity for a young team, and they're going to be able to build momentum in the future off this experience. Well, you and know, I think they, they all these guys just immediately jump so far ahead in the experience campaign. They're not supposed to be here. Not at all. It's it. This is supposed to be Philadelphia or Brooklyn or Boston. 
You know what I mean? Like Miami, this is not supposed to be the Hawks. No, the Hawks weren't even supposed to be in the playoffs. So, um, yeah. But no, I think I think you're right. I definitely think this this series is all about the Hawks. Like the Bucks would really have to fuck up to lose this one. <laughs> yeah, and I think you're right. It I think it ultimately will be Bucks and probably five. But I think the Hawks have like with the fact that they were able to get a game like they got out of Kevin Hoarder to propel them into the, the Eastern Conference Finals. I think if they can get another game like that, they have a chance to maybe squeak squeak out a sixth game in this series. But I think this is the Bucks series f- for the taking and ultimately the Bucks championship for the they, taking. They could easily win two games at home. I mean, Atlanta has some very talented role players. They've got a good cast uh for trey young i think they're just young so uh, well trey young can't have another game seven like he had yeah but also you gotta ride with trey young for sure you gotta ride with them shooting it if that's how you go down that's how you go down but uh yeah i look for the bucks to handle the business um but i'm excited for the hawks to get this opportunity to kind of show the world that you know they're better than everybody expected and I like the way Hoarder explained it. They're naive. That's a great attitude. Yeah. Think you can win, you know, when everybody says you can't and you probably you probably can't. You it's know, like you Russell shouldn't. Westbrook says, why not? Why not? Go for it. So, all right, are we officially going with yeah. Suns and Bucks in the finals? Yeah, can't believe it. I can't well, believe it either. You know, Bucks aren't aren't that surprising they're one of three teams the bucks are uh, less surprising than the suns for sure but the suns man this is i'm happy for cp3 and and chris paul and well let's not count let's not count our chickens before that i I said cp3 and chris paul cp3 (laughs) devin booker deandre Hyden. i'm excited i'm happy for those guys they had a good season if if nothing else even if they lose it's like it's a good good year well, and I think it's interesting because I think the Clippers and Bucks they were expecting to be here, but I think they're in, under much different circumstances than either of them were expecting. Yeah, the Suns and Hawks got a lot less pressure on them. To oh, win, without to win, a doubt. To win now, you know, like Clippers and Bucks, these are teams that have spent a lot of money, a lot of resources to win right now. Yeah. So, all right, real quick before we hit memory lane, there was a trade already in the offseason, and I know a lot of people were surprised about it because they didn't realize that as soon as a team's season is over, they are allowed to start making trades again. But Boston, in Brad Stevens' first move as head of the basketball operations in Boston, he made a trade to send all-star point guard Kemba Walker, the 16th pick in this year's NBA draft, and a 2025 second-round pick to the Oklahoma City Thunder for Al Horford, Moses Brown, and a 2023 second-round pick. The Celtics, they get significant financial flexibility as Brad Stevens tries to create his own team. By getting his old team back. Yeah, exactly. That's... That's... I think a very Isaiah, interesting Isaiah aspect of signed, this team. Avery will be signed. I don't know if all of them are going to come back, but some backup guard. Play. But Al Horford is definitely a start. But the the financial flexibility that this gives Boston is Kemba Walker was owed 
roughly $73 million over the next two years, while Al Horford is only owed potentially $53 million, uh, $53 million, 41 of which is guaranteed. So there's about $20 million, 20 to $30 million worth of cap space uh, flexibility that, that could be given to the Celtics with this trade. I just don't know if a 35-year-old Al Horford is the answer for the Celtics. I understand he was part of what this team was at one point, especially when Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum were younger players, and he was kind of the the veteran and, and main focal well, point of the team. Finals, so. Yeah, but I'm just not sure if that's the, the answer now. It's not the answer to become a title contender, but it's a good basketball move. Like, both franchises got better. Uh, the Boston Celtics traded something they did don't need, point guard play. Um, and they they addressed... got something that they needed. Yeah, so I, I'm not necessarily looking for Horford to be what he was when he was wearing the Boston uniform before. Brad Stevens but, might be. But he's definitely still a productive player, and he's the right type of player for Boston. So they address the need. They've got, they've got a Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, to play guard with Jason Tatum and a center. Um, and then as far as Oklahoma City goes, they gain this draft pick. Three first-round picks now in this year's draft and 18 overall in the next seven years. And they, you know, Oklahoma City is like where they cast veterans' careers out to die. It's it's basically turned into NBA Siberia. I mean, Chris Paul got well, it's sent all, there. It's all water. It's all a waterfall for Russell. You know. Uh, yeah. And um, they win in the fact that they just traded Horford for Kemba. Like they just got another asset. Oklahoma City just got another trade asset for, well, and it's a player that's not a part of their future. Yeah, I, I was gonna say I don't think Kemba plays a single second for Oklahoma so, City next season. But Horford, Horford wasn't a part of their future either so no he he got in, sat in the sense that they, they they made a sidestep with their trade assets and they gained a first round pick and boston you know took a, a, a talented player at a position that they could afford to lose talent at and gain talent in a position they needed talent at. yeah so i mean we'll we'll see good trade all around We'll I see. feel bad for Kemba, but he'll get out of there. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know where he's going to end up, but Horford, it, it's going to be interesting to see what kind of impact he makes in Boston. He's and, a role player. I mean, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are a lot better. I wouldn't be surprised if Horford starts for them next year. That's fine. I mean, I'm just saying Tatum and Brown are better players. Marcus Smart are better players when Horford was there. So it's like the drop off. The drop off from Horford has been covered by, you know, progression from literally everybody else in the roster. Yeah. All right. That's that's enough business. Let's uh, let's go down memory lane, Tyler. Yeah. It's it's episode two hundred. Yeah. Uh, I was going back through all of the episodes last night and just looking at at stuff, and I have the dates for uh some notable episodes we got episode one that was released september 19th 2017 september 20 or september 19th 2017 yeah 
I was a lot. I was a lot younger. We were talking about it at dinner. It's crazy where where we were in life at that point compared to now. Yes, very much so. And then episode fifty, September eighteenth, twenty eighteen. So basically, almost a year apart. Yeah, that I remember that first year we missed like one week. So it was like a solid, legitimate like. 50, 51 episodes in 52 weeks. Yeah. And then episode 100 was June 6th, 2019. Episode 150 was June 15th, 2020. That was in the middle of the pandemic. And then now today, here we are, June 21st, 2021. Yep. And we've episode been on, 200. I feel like it skipped from September to June because there was a time there where we were doing two ups a week. Yeah. Yeah. We, and then it's like June, June, June. Yeah, we you definitely know, like we went back to one. There was a time where we were doing just the football episodes and previewing each week as a separate episode. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was that was definitely an interesting time recording two episodes in one night. Pretty crazy. Um. <laughs> yeah. Such a so much has happened in the sports world since we've started. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll get to that in a second. I ha- I have the list of guests that we've had. And interestingly enough, I know we, uh, if Brandon Wimbush and Aiden Sael from Mogul, they were on at the same time, but that's technically two guests. So in total, we've had 20 guests. So that's essentially a guest every 10 episodes. It works out pretty well. That's pretty solid. That works out pretty. That's pretty solid. That's honestly surprising. That seems like so much more prolific than, you know. Right. Like one every ten's pretty pretty often. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like it's been that often. No, it doesn't. It they've definitely been scattered throughout. And obviously we have we had Jacob be a part of the show. So real quick I'll run through the list of guests that we had and what episode they were on. We had our first guest, Corey Golob, <laughs> episode twenty. Oh god. <laughs> damn 180 episodes ago i i want to go back and listen to that episode i wonder what we sounded like then our second guest i remember that episode i remember like it, it was at csun well yep. we didn't even yeah the first episode we ever recorded uh we were back at csun at their radio station on campus because my former teacher aaron bender would let us in after the students were done and i would lock up after we were done at the radio station there and then we went through a a small transition period where we were recording in tyler's apartment we've we've done a a few apartment episodes here and there scattered throughout and then we've been at the radio station i've been working at basically ever since the pandemic it took uh it took tyler over a year yeah it took tyler away for for like 15 months yep but he's been back in studio now. This is what week three. Yep, you've it's, been back in studio. Yep, it's definitely had like its um, eras, you know. Oh yeah, which is cool. Um, I remember we built a fort one night yeah. in the Woodman apartment to yeah. record an episode in the hallway. It was tough. <laughs> Made it happen. Yes, we did. But all right, back back to the list of guests. Corey Golob, episode twenty. We had Matt Hanley, episode twenty six. Wow. <laughs> Throwback name. Shout out Detroit. Shout out Detroit. Shout out, <laughs> shout out Detroit, man. Matt Hanley, what's up? He moved back there, I guess. Yeah, 
I don't know if I'm happy for them or not. You know, it's like <laughs> Detroit. Detroit's a rough town. Detroit, L.A. I don't know. You know, but I, however it is, I hope it's well for my boy. Yes. No. I miss Matt. Uh, then we had Blake Anthony on episode 28, and he celebrated episode 100 with us. So yep. that was cool. Yep. I remember that too. Then we have classic Greg Iwanicki, our UFC expert. Yep. He came on twice, right? No, just once. Episode 36. Yep. And then we had David Blue, former USC Trojan and two-time EuroLeague champion from Israel. He was on episode 43. Eric Walsingham was on two episodes, two in one night. He did episodes 59 and 60. Shout out Eric Walsingham. Then we had Gary, the real sign guy, Martin, the Lakers super fan. We had him on episode 91 and then episode 163 after the Lakers won the championship in the bubble. Then, like I mentioned, Jacob Gonzalez, he was on episode 67, 94, and then episode 97. He guest co-hosted one night when uh, you were sick, and then he was a co-host slash producer for the show from episodes 119 to 185 stretch yeah no he was with us for over a year good chunk yeah shout out jacob for sure all yes. love right there yes and then we got ryan gilderman was on episode 105 to 142 he's a buddy of mine comedian just into sports wanted to come on the show uh and then i also mentioned we've had a couple comedians on the show yeah eric walsingham and greggy and nikki both also yeah. comedians um and then I already mentioned him tonight, Adam Osland, host of the FNA podcast and the pre-half and post-game host for the Clippers on KLAC AM570 LA Sports here in Los Angeles. Him and Ethan Beard, my best friend in life and uh, the other biggest Kobe fan that I know besides me and Tyler, um, they were on episode 127 to commemorate uh, the unfortunate passing of Kobe Bryant. Uh, Jacob was on that episode. Tyler unfortunately missed that episode, but we got that, his we got his thoughts a couple of a nights later. That's 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 got to be the peak, you know. That's got to be the most monumental story of the show. One of them. Pretty, I mean, pretty pretty awesome to have the coverage of you know what we were thinking at that time. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, going down the list, some more. We had Daniel Artest, obviously Ron Artest, aka <laughs> Metal World Peace. His brother, he's been on twice, came on episode 145 and 162. What's, what's Meta going by now? Is Meta Sanford Artest. Artest. Yeah. Yes, he took his uh, his current wife's last name and his last name and put it together. Hyphen. Yes. So What? A, what? God. We got to get Daniel back on soon. Salute the Artest bros, man. Yes. One good, of a kind. Good dudes, one of a kind. Good dudes. Yes. And then we had uh, Chris Sylvester on. He's the voice of Cal Poly Slow, the Mustangs. He was on episode 147. Then we had, of course, Coach Scott Fields. He came on episode 153 and episode 196 just recently to talk about the NBA and his life as a coach and his experiences coaching throughout the world. Shout out both both the coaches. Yes. Always good to get their, their perspective. Yes. Well, Coach Zach Johnson's coming up. He he was episode 175. We got to talk to him. He's a family friend of mine yep. and would, a high school basketball coach here in Southern California. So we got to talk to him during the pandemic about COVID yeah, and high school that sports. Was, that was a great episode. Yes. Just getting, you know, he 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 had the, you know, fortunate timing of talking 
talking to us during the pandemic and getting such a unique view on really what what normal life was for anybody in high school sports at the time yeah and he he really showed us what it was like for coaches and student athletes and and how they were adapting to all of the restrictions they were under yeah and zach was one of my favorites yeah gotta definitely be one, gotta be one of my favorites all time then uh of course we had jeff perlman nine-time new york times bestseller uh, an author of Three Ring Circus, uh, which is a book about the Kobe and Shaq Lakers. He came on episode 159 to promote the book and, and talk about uh, some of the stories he had from from the process of, of making he's the gotta, book. He's got to be the, the the coolest, biggest kind of name we've, we've had on. Yeah. He, he, he uh, it's, it's pretty dope to, to say that Jeff Perlman was on the show to be honest with you yeah and he's he's written other great sports yeah, books if, about if, if you've got uh, the steroid era he's he's working on a, a book that, right now about bo jackson yep yep and i'm i'm super excited because i see all the work that he puts into his books and yeah i mean new york times bestseller nine times i think if you if you know sports writing you know you know jeff Roman. yeah without a doubt and uh he he has a book about the showtime lakers as well and that's that's how i found out about him um, and so as soon as I found out about this Kobe Shaq book and he, he just put out on Twitter, he was like, Hey, if you want me on your show to talk about the book, hit me up. And I just yeah. shot my shot and no, it's dope. he answered definitely one of the peaks. Yeah. And then we also had Harrison Fagan, the editor in chief of silver screen and roll Lakers SB nation on, on episode 182. Interestingly enough, Tyler, that was, we had him on February 12th of this year. Anthony Davis got hurt February 14th. So it's like we were previewing the Lakers. It was right around the All-Star break. We were previewing the Lakers on the up with Harrison. Yep. And then everything else, everything after that just kind of derailed. We've got a lot of those moments. We do. I mean, but we're going to get Harrison on soon. And uh, the once Lakers. The, once the offseason kicks off. The Lakers' ride since we've started this show has been a roller coaster, to say the least. I mean, you want to talk about peaks and valleys. <laughs> been a lot of those. The Lakers' era of the TSK show is one for the books. Perfect. Yes. And then, of course, uh, like I mentioned already, Brandon Wimbush and Aiden Sayel from Mogul. They came on episode 186. And then Jacob Diamond, our amazing sponsor, and friend of the show from Jay Diamond Estates, he came on to talk Dodgers baseball on episode 189. Yep, shout out Jacob. Yes, Always. of course. And then the Brandon and, and Aiden, the Mogul episode, that was a lot of fun too. I, I think it was a, definitely an interesting conversation. And with that, the Supreme Court decision earlier no, today, that, yeah, perfect uh, timing. Yeah, I did want to say something about the Mogul guys because I, I am like, uh, I've been such a. a I've been such an advocate for um, finding a solution to to all this NCAA um, college athletes, uh, you know, compensation. Really, um, so for those guys to actually be in the mix and, and and making some change and doing things the right way and being a part of the movement, really, you know, yeah. I mean, like you said, we got we've had a couple rulings now that have been game changers in this arena and in favor so, of the athletes student athletes getting paid the athletes are winning i mean like i saw brett kavanaugh 
<laughs> talking shit about the NCAA. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a different day, <laughs> you know? Um, but but great, you know? So the mogul guys, that that's probably that's probably a top 10 app for sure. Yeah. I think that one, you know, I love that content and and that kind of message. Yeah. So we were we were that that wraps it up for the guests. Like I said, 20 guests, one every 10 episodes basically. Yeah, that's that's so crazy that it worked when out did, that When perfect. I did the yeah. math and I was doing yeah. it, I was like it was shocking to me. We've I was had like a lot of things work out that that kind of way. <laughs> it's just yeah. Yeah. It's the perfect podcast. It's been it's been a wild ride. And so now that that brings me to my list of stuff that we yeah, covered. Some great things. I mean, think about the I, my favorite thing before you even say the real like I don't even have my my screen's black now. I'm just we're your talking, computer died. No, oh. but we're just we're talking <laughs> memories now. Like I got this all, all I, you know. <laughs> I, just I got wanted, this I wrote all it down because I didn't want to forget of, anything. Think about no, I, I haven't written down. I just I haven't touched my computer screen. Went black, but I know what's up. <laughs> My favorite part about it all is like thinking about all the guys that weren't superstars and we got to like see it emerge or the teams that weren't good. We got to see them emerge, you know, like, well, one of the things hey, I had written when down, we started the show, Alex Smith started for the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, yeah. as, as an example, like it's, it's, it's been a good chunk now. It's an era. One of the things that I wrote down on my list specifically was we've covered the ball brothers as long as we've done the show from Chino Hills to UCLA to China and that whole debacle to Lithuania, to the JBA, to Spire, yeah. to Lonzo getting Le drafted, Le to LaMelo getting drafted and now winning rookie of the year. LaMelo like, truly, we've, we've truly covered LaMelo. Um, since he was like four, the whole ride. Really. Yeah. Like I mean, since 15, high school, 16. I mean, since high school basketball, um every every like notable team he's played on we've covered yeah as far as aau goes you know i mean he still played for big baller brand before chino hill so yeah really covered damn near every team you ever played for yeah now we were talking at dinner he probably is like the he's the one that we've like the one yeah, really the athlete i would say him and my homes yeah like I think that's that, that we've covered them and Brady. Yeah, but Brady was Brady, you know. Like yeah. Brady was already Brady, you know. We really like Mahomes wasn't shit. Lamelo wasn't shit, you know. Yeah, no, we we we've seen them their entire process basically. Because yeah. I mean, I remember watching Patrick Mahomes in college. I mean, yeah, yeah, and 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 you know him being like obsolete at some point you know yeah at the beginning well of the he was show. backing up yeah, alex he, smith in kansas was, city yeah so but no we but were talking lamello lamello's got to be the king of the show as far as like this you know seeing the and we were heavy on the ball brothers from the start yeah still heavy man those are the, those are the boys man yeah but no like i was saying we, we were talking at dinner and i said i i have a list of all the champions from the first year of when we started the show, and I wanted to see if you can try and guess yeah, them. Yeah, okay, so uh, I'm going um, 20, 2017, Yeah, right? it was the 2017-2018. 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20, so 20, September 2017 was when we started. Yeah, so I'm going Golden State, New England, Washington, D.C., Nationals. No. So... The first NBA championship we ever covered was June 2018, and that was the second championship for the KD, Steph, Clay, and Draymond yeah. Warriors. So I you were correct that, there. 
That was literally the only one I was confident on. The second one, well, the first championship we really covered was the the Super Bowl. No, was the cheating Houston Asterix. It was the 2017 World Series. Okay. October 2017. So who won the World Series in 2018? The Red Sox. 16? 16 was the Cubs. Damn, okay. So I was way off with the Nationals. <laughs> well, no, the Nationals were 2018. Or 2019, excuse me. Oh, uh, yeah, but I, okay. So it went... So, so, went ha- Dodgers, so we had the Asterix. So we had the Dodgers Asterix, Dodgers Red Sox. Dodgers lost to the Nationals in the and NLDS. The, yep, and the then they won seven. the... And then they won the World Series. No, it wasn't Game Seven against the Nationals. It was like it was like what, five games. Was the Nationals Game Seven in the World Series? I feel like the National. Whatever. Whatever. But basically, it went Dodgers, Astros, Dodgers, Red Sox. Then the Nationals won the World Series. Then the Dodgers finally won the World Series and last then the year. Super. The Super Bowl. The first year, you were right with the Patriots being in it. But oh, the, so that's that, that's their the first Super Bowl we ever covered was the Eagles and the Philly special. Wow. I thought like in my head I just guessed New England, Atlanta. That's like what I was thinking. Right, Atlanta, I feel you. you know. Yeah. But then yeah, so, the so, college championships, I don't know if we covered them as much, and I don't we we haven't really covered college as much on, on the show. Yeah, but twenty seventeen NCAA tournament, which was before we covered the show. Right, so no, it would it was, be the 2018, no, 2018 tournament. tournament. Yeah, yeah, which was, uh, was Nova and Michigan, yeah, Villanova versus Michigan, and that was like right after Nova had beat North Carolina. Yes, and the college football playoff championship was Alabama over Georgia, which is typical. Wow, big surprise. There. <laughs> but all right, a few other things on my list. We already covered the Ball Brothers. The Nipsey Hustle episodes, obviously, with Nipsey Hustle's passing, uh, he passed. Nipsey and Kobe got to be yeah. two of the two of the two of the main headlines because outside of like the outside of like the pandemic, you know. Well, and that was next on my list. Outside of the pandemic, they have to be the biggest stories that like shook us personally. It was life. It wasn't necessarily like what we made this podcast for. Right. You know for what sure. I mean? It wasn't like that's not necessarily why we made the podcast. Well, and, but and, those things were so monumental in just life in general uh, that you can't not talk about it. Well, and think about all the stuff with with George Floyd and all the stuff I've brought up about yeah, anti-Semitism. And, 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 uh, and unfortunately, I like wrapped the pandemic in the whole. Like, yeah. When I when I say the pandemic, I think of so many different things. It, you yeah. know, the country, our country in particular, went through. Um, yeah, with the racial injustice, the uh, police brutality. I mean, and- we Kaepernick, we've talked about on the show since he's been going through what he's been going through. Yeah, and we started the show like the season after the season. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it was, it was two, it was August 2016. He took the first knee. Well, and I remember me and, and you he having went conversations. That whole 2016 uh, season, and then 2017 was the first year he was. It, you know, and we started the it, league, and we started week the, two. Literally, literally, yeah, week two. You know, I I remember we started our first episode was was week two, uh, previewing week three. Yep, uh, yeah, there were there had been two two games played, um, but yeah, the the I think that the the whole like social uh, social justice kind of or police brutality, um, 
racial injustice, pandemic, all that distress that our country went through, you know, like anti-Semitism, anti like Asian hate, yeah, uh, uh presidential elections, yeah. like we, you know, lots of lots We've of We've talked that, about a lot of different stuff on this show. Lots of things have happened and um it's dope that we have we've got the coverage, you know, that that's, yeah. that no matter what happens, you know, that'll always be nice. That'll always be special as far as just like me and you talking in the room. Yeah, definitely. It'll always be dope to to go back on that kind of stuff because we really will get to know what like we won't ever have to guess. Yeah, we we'll know exactly where we stood. Our perspective is is kind of recorded. So yeah. Dope. So the the Nipsey Hustle episodes, he obviously died March thirty first, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Episode 90 was April 2nd, 2019, so just two days after he passed. And then we talked about it again on the two-year anniversary because it was actually the day. It was March 31st, 2021, one year, yeah. episode 188. That was the two-year anniversary. Two year anniversary yeah. And then the Kobe episode, like I mentioned, with Adam Oslin and my buddy Ethan Beard, that was episode 127, and that was January 29th, 2020. Uh, obviously, Kobe passed away on january 26th so that was just three days after and then tyler you brought up COVID 19 halting the sports world and talking about all of that episode 135 tyler march 18th 2020 was when we talked about COVID 19 halting the stop halting the sports world and pulling pulling dudes off the court and uh yeah life was life was changed forever forever Today. but what's crazy is, is i went back and check this because i i was pretty sure about this but i wanted to double check it before i said it from march 18th 2020 to march 17th 2021 we put out 52 episodes that's that wow honestly that's a little surprising the show itself did not miss a single week during that year of the pandemic whether it was uh, all three of me, yeah. you, and Jacob, yeah. or me and Jacob, or, or me yeah. and you. Yeah. Wow. That's pretty crazy. And for a majority of that, we didn't have sports yeah, to talk about yep. at all. No, absolutely. That's why uh, that coverage will always be special. I mean, you really, you know, that's it's once in a lifetime type of stuff. You, we're, we're, We will most likely never experience anything like this ever again. And to be able to, like talk about it and and go back and hear about it is is pretty dope well and just and having to come up with topics every week to talk about while there were no sports going on that well, i think was like, was it, so interesting for it, us yeah because you know you want to talk about sports um because you love sports and you want to you know kind of turn your brain off for a little bit and forget about what's going on but at the same time we couldn't you know like so many of the times we had to like dude we you know it, it's it's well people therapy, were looking it's people were looking to podcasts yeah. to get their mind off of what's the real that, world what, what's everyone doing like what what's going on you know like how does everybody else feel about this like we're going through this thing that nobody ever saw us having to go through no one was prepared for um and on top of that all the other stuff that was kind of you know caked on top of the pandemic yeah uh, you know on top on top of like you know a national pandemic we had tons of a know, worldwide pandemic a worldwide pandemic our country had tons of turmoil at the same time so um it's 
it's surprising and it's not surprising because, of course, you know, like this is a good outlet. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some other things, obviously, the Lakers and Dodgers winning championships in the same year. The Rams going to the Super Bowl, even though they lost, still waiting on the Seahawks and Mariners to do their thing. Which, we'll see. Which, you know, one of those teams is fine. Then we had, obviously, the Lakers TSK show takeover with me and you going to a game. Me and Jacob went to a Laker game. We went to the Angel game with all the boys. Yep. We got on TV that night. Yeah. God. NBA oh, All-Star that. Weekend was in L.A., and I got to go to Kenny the Jet Smith's All-Star Party because of work. Yep. Um, oh. The first Dodger game I got to go to post-COVID. Uh, the beginning of legalization of sports gambling, the NIL stuff that we talked about with Mogul. And then, obviously, I think our crowning jewel, Tyler, the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. Yeah, which has been dominant, you know. It's so been good. so much fun. And we're a year away from a Vegas draft. Yes, um, that is that is in the works. That's in the works. Um, I'm, I'm super, it's bucket list type stuff. Yeah, the, the trophy, the whole nine, that was definitely uh, one of the best parts. It's been a good ride. I mean, we've we've built a good fan base too. I I I love all of our regulars. Yes, I feel like we've got a good contact with them all. It's dope to talk sports with all all those guys. Yeah, it is. It's it's been a fun process. It's and I look forward to the future, man. Uh, yeah, I, I think you know. Let's as a as a two hundred. I had to, you know, I'm gonna try to predict some some of the future here. All uh, right, go for uh, it. Uh, to 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 come back on for a three hundred, but uh the brawny jameses the, the the amani the amani bates of the world he, you know uh we haven't seen trevor lawrence play a game yet and he's kind of been a messiah um shohai otani is doing things we've never seen uh the sports card market you know it's yeah it's been insane like, it's been fun fun to watch um lebron james is twilight of his career you know like and, and there's a ton of guys i could talk you know tom, oh, i mean the tom Brady's, the durants all these guys but, well and think about all the guys we've talked about that have yeah. either been retired or entered the hall of fame Duncan, in our lifetimes yeah, yeah. Um, that we've gotten to talk about yeah i look forward to the future and those kind of headlines you know like who who are we going to talk about i see a lot of brawny james labella ball well and it's like i never Lamani thought we'd Bates. be talking about kobe the way we did you know it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I'm ex I'm excited for the next 200. I think Bronny's my guy. I'm ready to watch. I'm ready to watch that whole story unveil. He's been looking good so far in his in his first couple AAU games this summer. He's just uh he's built for it. He's built to change the world. He's like 6-4 now. He's 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 the he's the prince, man. Yeah. But all right, you you got any shout outs before we get out of here? I got no, a couple. No, man, I just got to shout shout out you, you know? Oh, my, stop. My, my co host, like, that's what it is, you know? Shout out to us. We did the damn thing. Yes. Well, I, I got one serious shout out uh, in, in the normal TSK show fashion. Uh, my shout out goes to this week Team USA basketball as, as more players begin to reportedly commit to playing for the red, white, and blue in the Olympics this summer. Some names to reportedly commit already. There's only twelve roster spots. Twelve roster spots. I got my tongue tied. Yep. Sue, Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi, no. Aja Wilson, <laughs> Brittany Griner. We're looking stacked. You're, you're, you were gonna go with the women. Uh, I'm gonna go with the men. We got Kevin Durant, James Harden, Damian Lillard, Draymond Green, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, Bam Adebayo, 
and Devin Booker all have reportedly That's committed. Enough. We we I think we got if we get eight out of those ten. Yeah, it's a, it's a bag. I think I, th- I think it's looking good so far. I like for Team Dray- USA. I like Draymond. I think Draymond's probably my favorite favorite name on the list. Well, I'm so I, I like that KD and and James Harden are are going out there for sure. I mean, KD going out there is big time. But to see Draymond at this point in his career, I, I like that. Yeah. Now, training camp for Team USA is scheduled to begin on July 6th in Las Vegas. The Olympics are set to start July 23rd in Tokyo. The group stage for Olympic basketball starts on July 25th and runs through August 1st. And then the knockout stage will run from August 3rd to August 7th. So, To, we- to, to my knowledge, um, Sue Bird, Diana Taurasi, uh, first Americans to play in five Olympics for basketball. Wow, that's awesome. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, shout out, shout out the women's team, just like yes. the men's team. No, listen, I mean the women's in basketball are We're just better. As, well, I mean, really, they're just as dominant as the men's. Better win percentage. They're rolling. They're rolling off. I think seven gold medals. That's insane. So suck it. <laughs> but all right, of course. Tyler, you already thanked me, so I'm going to thank you. Yeah, of course, for, for being a part of yeah. this ride. It's it's been dope. It's been really fun creating this show each week with you. and Just something that, you know, I have always been passionate about and I never really saw it coming. And it's been a blessing to get this information that so many people don't really find, you know, like talking in public, like, oh, my God, you know, like to yeah. go into detail about sports sometimes rubs people the wrong way. It's a good outlet to get this stuff off your chest for people who want to hear it. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's just always fun to talk sports talking with you, man. sports man talking sports you know what i'm saying like there's there's not much that beats it for me well you know, and the, the as, thing is we started this because we were talking in your apartment or wherever we were every time we would see each other and it's just well, like why not record it and i think that you know coming from the the food industry you know being a bartender server type of person like sport talking sports is party life that's how you get you through through your day you yeah. know what i mean like it's a way for you to connect with everybody um, it's a universal language, so uh, it's it's been fun. Without a doubt. Now, a couple more thank yous. Obviously, thank you to Apollo, a.k.a. Contrella Beats, for the yep. intro music, and Austin Ratbomb, a.k.a. Ratbomb, for the beats for our segment intros. Thank you to Jacob Diamond from J Diamond Estates for being our sponsor and great friend of the show. Thank you to all of our guests who I mentioned earlier on. Jacob Gonzalez for the for the the sports transitions and and his time spent with the show yes of course jacob that is appreciated immensely uh as well like i said all of our guests for taking the time to come on the show and spread your knowledge with our listeners as well except for you Corey, we could have passed on that one yeah that was just kind of a nice thing to do for for a friend we just just felt bad for you yeah you you were just kind of laying around one night and we were like hey come with us yeah but last but not least Thank you so much to all of, all of the listeners, supporters, and, and followers that we have for the Sports Kingdom show. You guys mean the world to us, and this show wouldn't be possible without all of you. So with that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom show, episode 200. For Tyler Pacholke, I am Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
Follow us at the Duke of Sports and at Tyler Pacholke. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.